Hello, this is Joram from the Plants and Pipettes podcast. As you might tell, we are still on a quick break, and as we already established the habit to keep posting little narrated bits of our blog, here is another one. Pig-headed pigweed, an amaranth that can't be killed by Roundup. If you are reading our blog from time to time, you might remember Amaranthus, a genus containing ornamental plants, various species with edible leaves and stems, what we call vegetables, and plants producing grains filled with desirable products like proteins, the limiting amino acid lysine, fiber, and several minerals like iron. Amaranthus is also very resilient. It has the ability to withstand various environmental conditions. Well, today we'll discuss the flip side of that coin, the role of amaranth species as one of the most competitive and damaging weeds there is. Meet Amaranthus palmieri, also known as palmer pigweed, a plant that refuses to die in the face of some of the best herbicides we have. It is very good at being a weed. It's fast-growing, highly competitive and effectively reduces the yield of its more valuable co-inhabitants. Weeds, however, can be controlled by herbicides. In the late 90s, glyphosate, sold commercially as Roundup, came into play. Glyphosate works by blocking a plant enzyme known as 5-enyl-paravyl-shikimate-3-phosphate synthase, or EPSP for short. All plants have EPSP and in fact need the enzyme in order to make the amino acids phenylalanine, tyrosine and tryptophan. Animals, on the other hand, don't have the EPSP pathway. Although both animals and plants require a full set of 20 amino acids to make their proteins, there are certain amino acids that animals, including ourselves, cannot make and must get by eating plant products. This includes lysine, one of the reasons we should all eat amaranth, as well as the products of the EPSP pathway. In any case, the lack of the EPSP pathway in animals means that the EPSP blocking glyphosate can effectively be used as a herbicide, killing all plants without harming animals. Soy, maize, canola and cotton plants with an engineered EPSP that has resistance to glyphosate, known as Roundup Ready plants, were introduced, giving farmers a way to kill the weeds without harming the crops. And it worked on pigweed. Until it didn't. In 2005, reports of glyphosate-resistant Amaranthus palmieri began to surface in several states of the USA. In the following years, the superweed spread throughout the country. And for a while, it wasn't clear how it was doing it. How could pigweed persist where all others perished? There are several ways to avoid a poison. One way involves developing mutations to the affected enzymes, just like those that were artificially engineered into the Roundup Ready plants. Another is to find a way to hide the poison, sequester it away from the enzymes it will attack. Or simply close your cells, prevent uptake of the poison by alterations to your cellular import machinery. Or sacrifice certain cells, letting them die so that others can live. Or you can do what pigweed did, simply outcompete the poison. When the glyphosate came in for its EPSP, pigweed just made more. It did so by creating multiple extra copies of the DNA in its genome, allowing extremely high levels of EPSP expression. Gene amplification is a not uncommon mechanism to deal with hard times. It's been found in both bacteria and eukaryotes in response to pressures including antibiotics, pesticides or herbicides and generally stressful environmental conditions. It was predicted that for pigweed to outcompete the glyphosate poison sprayed at standard dosage, it would require 30 or so copies of EPSP. Some glyphosate-resistant pigweed individuals at 160. 
Recent research reveals that EPSP copies are spotted across many different chromosomes in the Amaranthus palmaris genome. But additionally, the EPSP is found unattached to any chromosomes, existing as free circles of DNA effectively floating in the nucleus. Lacking centromeres, the central anchor of chromosomes that allows them to be perfectly pulled to cell poles during cellular divisions means that these extra-chromosomal EPSP circles are unevenly distributed during cellular divisions. Nonetheless, the circles manage to tether themselves somehow to chromosomes, allowing themselves to be passed into gamete cells during meiosis, and thus further into the next generation. The final fascinating fact is that the hugely replicated EPSP fragment doesn't only contain the EPSP gene, but instead is a cassette of nearly 300 kilobases in length. Encoded in this block are genes that might also be involved in helping the superplants withstand stresses like heat, drought and salinity. And there as well are a few genes that look to be involved in DNA replication which might just mean that the EPSP cassette can make more of itself, allowing the supercharged weed to power up even more. So, Amaranthus is something of a supergenus, containing plant species that produce highly nutritious food, as well as at least one species with oddball DNA that makes it super resistant to herbicides. Interestingly, to date, little has been done to combine these features. While pigweed, Amaranthus palmary, is not considered to be a grain-producing Amaranthus species, it nonetheless has edible leaves that can be eaten raw, cooked or used dry to make tea, as well as very small but nonetheless nutritious seeds. So maybe in the future, the features of the genus can be combined, by breeding pigweed for grain quality or crossing its resilient features into the current grain species, creating a truly super species. This article was written by Tegan and originally published on plantsandpipettes.com in April this year. If you like the article, check out the website for more content from the world of molecular plant research. We will soon be back with regular episodes. Tegan successfully moved to a different country and it won't be long until we're back together to record a regular episode. Until then, be sure to subscribe to us in your favorite podcast app and follow us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Oh, and be sure to keep checking the blog in December, we might have a special treat for you. Our opening and closing music is Caravana by Philip Cross. Goodbye.